Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Mark Healy. He's a musician and a writer hailing from Australia. How's it going, Mark? Hey, great. Thanks, Brent. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I guess, you have so many different avenues, but tell me about your music uh, right now. Yeah, so um, I have a project called Hibernal, which is uh, kind of a mashup between uh, short stories and audiobooks and instrumental music. So um, I'm currently working on my third album um, for that. And uh, yeah, it's going really well. I'm, I'm really happy with where it's going. And um, yeah. So Hibernal is kind of a sci-fi, would you call it cyberpunk story? Yeah, it's, yep. The, the first album was had inklings towards cyberpunk, but then the second album was a lot of people have compared it to Blade Runner and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's got that vibe of um, synthetic people and, um, you know, the constant rain and darkness and that that whole, it taps into that whole ethos of, of Blade Runner. So um, the third one's moving to a post-apocalyptic type vibe, but it's still set in the same universe. But, yeah, overall it's a kind of cyberpunk feel. Post-apocalyptic, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it's what happens when that society breaks down, and and uh, yeah, what happens after. So sci-fi, in my opinion, is good. Sci-fi is always about um, reality as we know it now, just extrapolated to a point where we can talk about it comfortably. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. see? Do you see society as we know it crumbling soon? Um, I don't. I, I I just found it to be a fun sort of sandbox to to play around in um, and explore some themes. Like in, in the in the third album, which is also the, the novel series that I've written, it, uh, the apocalypse comes about through a nuclear war. So I don't know how likely that is still these days. You know, it's not the 80s anymore where that was sort of hanging over our heads as much. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, for me it was just a way to explore some themes. Um, and that, so The idea of nuclear war it's it's ridiculous to me because it is so like 60s it's so 80s it's so outdated and yeah. i would hate to die in a very retro way <laughs> well you if you're gonna die you want it to be a modern sort of right contemporary way don't you right and, and i actually think it's more likely that society crumbles under the power of what we'll call black hat hackers and they i mean if you take out the banks you, you take out, you know, the, the foundation of the economy and then pretty soon people are roaming the streets and it's Mad Max and everyone's screwed. To me, that's the same as a nuclear bomb yep. with less death and burning. Yeah. Well, I actually did some research on the most likely ways that society was going to end and uh, still up there in, in the top couple was nuclear war, apparently. So I don't know where they were getting their, their facts from, but that was convenient enough for me. I, I thought, okay. Well, and that's, what, that's what's uh, really annoying is countries like North Korea actually still really want that kind of nuclear power. Yeah. And they, yep. don't, they don't get that we've moved on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, the, maybe I'll have a lot of sales in North Korea for this next album. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you also, in addition to these kind of... Uh, I guess I want to say about Hibernal that it's a really cool... you got voice actors and you really laid out a very professional-sounding track. 
a series mm-hmm. of tracks. It's a full album that tells a real story. What was the idea behind kind of the it's it's not an audiobook. It's a music mm-hmm. album with chapters split across tracks that are like yeah. 3 to 7 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, one of my fans called it an audio movie and I think that's that's kind of not a bad way. I, I, I've struggled to come up with a, a term for it as well, but it's kind of what it is. And uh, when people ask me about it, I, I ask them if they've heard of Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds because that's kind of the closest thing that I can think of in format to, to what it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's I started off writing the instrumental music and um, although I love instrumental music, it's... I. The music that I like the most is is uh, stuff that engages me and pulls me into the experience. And um, I found that I could do that a lot more effectively if I put words and and sound effects and, and atmospheres along with the music. So so that's why I went down that road. And that hails that hails back to kind of like a radio, like the idea of really making the audio into visuals. Yeah, I think that's yeah, really well, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people when people ask me about it, say, oh, you know, how should I listen to this? I generally say, you know, put it on at night, turn the lights off, uh, put some headphones on or get a good stereo set up and, and just, you know, let it play like that rather than, it's not really the type of album that you'd listen to going to the beach or, or something like that. <laughs> I tried it's, to listen to it while I was working. Like I yeah. flipped it on, just I'm researching you. And so I flip it on and I go about my business and parts of the story keep catching my attention, but I'm missing the parts in between. So I had to start over and actually you have to focus on it. Like it is, it's a, it's a book on tape as far as you have to pay attention. Yeah. You really have to experience it like you would a movie. Like you don't normally, you know, if you're going to sit down and watch a movie, you're not not necessarily working or or doing whatever you put your full attention on. And that's kind of what it is, which is hard to, yeah, I understand that these days people are busy and they, the way we consume music has changed and you, People don't often have an hour to sit down and, and listen to a full album, but it, that's what I've gone for anyway. So Nice. I uh, I always work while I'm watching movies. Well, not at the theater, okay. but if I'm watching it at home and it's not an excellent movie, yeah. I'll be on my computer. Both My wife and I will both be like typing, <laughs> kind of watching a movie. Yeah, okay. We're sad yeah. like that. <laughs> so, all right. Among your other interests, and this is one that initially I thought I would skip because I can't speak to either, but you listed computer games and sports. Mm-hmm. Do yep. you think, how, how much experience do you have with U.S. culture? Uh, a little bit. I mean, we get plenty of the TV here and I'm a big NFL fan and that kind of thing. I've never traveled there, but um, yeah, we, we get exposed to quite a bit of, of American culture over here. And you play probably the same games that we do. Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. Okay. There's no, like, specifically Australian computer scene, right? <laughs> um, no, not that I can think of. I mean, we have a games industry that's that's uh, relatively small, and, and a few games are, are created over here. I think one of the Bioshocks was created over here and that kind of thing. But, yeah, we, we just get the same games that you get. Bioshock is the only game I bought for the Xbox 360 that I never used again. Oh, it looks really? so cool in the commercial, and it was pretty <laughs> cool, but I just I can't pay attention to games for very long. But okay. the question is, when it comes to sports like cricket and rugby, they're pretty much non-existent in mainstream U.S. culture. How mm-hmm. big are they for Australia? Uh, it's huge, and hu- uh, sport is just a huge part of Australian culture, and most people grow up playing backyard cricket and, and tossing a football around and that kind of thing, and 
um, it's it's very much in our culture to go along to games and and um, yeah, so it's it's a very big part of Australian culture. Does cricket kind of correlate with baseball in the U.S.? I think it probably does. It's, I ask because um, I've never seen a full cricket game. Yeah, you have to. That takes a long time. We can have five day cricket games um, in test match. Yeah, five days, and each each session is uh, each day is about six hours, I think. So you know, that can be a, a bit of a long haul. <laughs> that is horrible. So. Americans <laughs> would not deal with that. No, maybe except well, for maybe like the World Cup, but it's still you know it changes every day. It's yeah. Well, wow. once again, it's a cultural thing. I mean, we're used to. Yeah, picking up a paperback or, you know, doing something and, and you have the cricket on in the background and when something exciting happens, then you can jump up and you have a look at it and the rest of the time you go back to whatever else you're doing. Um, but that they're, they're also catering for the the more modern aspects of cricket by making shorter versions of it. So they've now got games that only go for a few hours and uh, they're much more action-packed than that. So, But they've still got the traditional old form of the game as well. So, I had no idea. I had no idea there were any sports that lasted across days. It is, and and in fact, a hundred years ago, they didn't have time limits on them, and they could go for longer than that. So uh, they wow. obviously decided, you know, let's let's be reasonable here. We'll make it five days. People will watch <laughs> that. So. I I'm 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 kind of uh, kind of in shock. I can't imagine. I don't know how long a U.S. baseball game is. I've never sat through one of those either. Well, that's yeah. not true. I used to go to Tiger Stadium. But that was rarely about the baseball. It was just about hanging out with my uncle. And um, but I don't remember like how long they go. But it, <laughs> well, it can't be. I don't think they'd stand for it going overnight. I think well, overtime ends cr- by ten or something. Yeah, test match cricket. Can be, test match cricket is the five day cricket. That can be awesome because you have two teams and and each one has eleven batsmen and they both get two innings each and. There's lots of ebbs and flows, like one team can be on top for the first day, but then there's a big fight back. And, yeah, the way I'm explaining it isn't very good. Uh, I can't picture you turning on a telecast anytime soon, but, yeah, it can be can be really good. Well, see, and here's, like, I learned to like soccer quite a bit, but I watch mm-hmm. it the way that you just described, where it's on in the background, and when I hear the announcers start getting excited about something, I'll look up, and then yep. when they score a goal, like, you know, we'll all scream and yell but yeah. uh like when people sit down to watch football in my experience like uh, uh american football they mm-hmm. they sit down to watch it like it's uh they're not doing other things they're not uh they're not distracted they're actually engaged for however long those games are yep so that's well, a like cultural i think yeah, i think it's very european and and i guess non-us yeah. to kind of have the background sports yeah, well, I, I watch three or four NFL games a week. Like, I watch every NFL game that's telecast here in Australia. And um, I actually record it and then I watch it later and I skip, like I have a 30-second skip on my media centre and I'll skip between every play kind of thing <laughs> rather than sit and watch the whole thing because it seems like there's so many stoppages. You just like in, the end our, result. Yeah, it, in, our, in our rugby and rugby league, it's a lot more free-flowing and you don't have the team set up for every play and, and then a 30-second gap between each play kind of thing. It just continually flows. So in terms of footy, I'm used to the continual experience, so I'll just skip between between the plays in the NFL, but I still love it. You can't tell me that cricket is fluid. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's probably a stretch. Um, 
sometimes I skip between each each delivery and that as well because there's about thirty seconds between each ball and each time they bowl in cricket as well. So, uh, all right. And yeah, and you have tea breaks and drinks breaks. It's all very English in a lot of ways. But... <laughs> tea breaks. Yeah, I imagine the NFL would be a different place if they had tea breaks. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd there'd so. probably be less spousal abuse. Um, <laughs> so okay, I would like to hear your thoughts on independent publishing and the way that artists have been empowered in the recent digital era. Yeah, well, there's just so many opportunities these days. I, I sat down not long ago and, and thought about how I would make a Hibernal album if I was doing it 20 years ago. And I thought of all the things I'm doing. So there's the recording the music, um, the mixing it. Um, then there's all the other things apart from the music side, like working with illustrators. Like I went and um, basically sought out, commissioned some an illustrator and worked with them on the process. They were sending me drafts and things and that that, that illustrator was from Turkey. Um, and creating sound effects, um, auditioning and hiring voice actors. I mean, I've done this all from my bedroom, more or less. Um, and I was thinking, you know, if I if I was trying to do this in in 1995, uh, you know, it, it just would have been impossible. So in this day and age, um, there's just so many opportunities. You can basically do everything from without leaving your own bedroom, kind of thing. So um, it's just a as far as timeline goes, I would say that 1995 was actually a pretty good year. Like mm-hmm. in 91, I got my first Porta Studio four-track recorder. And <laughs> yep. I spent, I think I, I probably spent most of my evenings for the next maybe five to six months just mm-hmm. playing with four-track recording and setting up crazy. Like I had a microphone attached to a series of PVC pipes that came out into one of those kind of uh, coiled plastic tubes that has the ridges, like accordion ridges. Yeah. And yeah. I could make the crazy, I was into industrial music and I could yeah. make the craziest sounds with that kind of like pointing it around like a vacuum cleaner head. Um, yeah. And that stuff was really fun. But at the same time, I think it was about 92, 93 that I got into Fruity Loops. Okay. And soon after, Sony put out, uh, I don't even remember what it was called. It wasn't Sony either. Sony acquired it later. But yeah. it was a full, it was, it was a, a, a DAW, a digital audio workstation that rivaled Cubase mm-hmm. and, and had all kinds of uh, like 32 track capability. And that mm-hmm. changed everything for me. So by 95, I was, you know, I had, I had samplers, I had uh, digital workstations. It was, Actually, I think it was the dawn of the era, but I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. the dif- the stark difference between recording on cassette tapes and recording on reel-to-reels to jumping into having unlimited tracks, crystal clear audio, immediately, like you can jump to any point in the song, punch in without rewinding. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge night and day difference. So like the the basement recording studio has become more powerful than the large professional studio was back then mm. oh yeah absolutely and and like i was saying with with voice actors for example like going into this i had absolutely no experience with voice actors how to direct them or audition them or anything like that and it's just something that i've picked up and you know i've been auditioning people from uk and us and you know that's something that would have been inconceivable uh, 20 years ago so 
Um, now there's there's lots and lots of sites where you can hire voice actors and, and like good quality voice actors. So and do you you like give them a script and they record it where they are or do you bring them in? Oh, no, no, they, they just do it from their own studio. So the process is I I take a little chunk of, of the script, usually part that's the most emotive or, you know, gives the best sense to the character. And I post that as, as an audition and I handpick voice actors who I think will be good for the role and then they send me their auditions, assuming they, they like the price tag. Sometimes there's some negotiation required with the with the price tag and whatnot. But, yeah, then, then they send me their audition. If I like it, then I hire them and they record in their own studio and just send me the files. Interesting. Is it, 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 the difference between industries as far as auditions and what amounts to pro bono work mm-hmm. is weird to me. Like, as a designer, we went through this phase where everyone submitted like actual, like someone would say, this is the project I need done. And everyone would actually do the project and submit, you know, some version of it for approval and then maybe get the job. And in the acting and voice acting and general talent industries, I think that's still the norm. I mean, obviously Mm. they're reading a snippet, but auditioning is just, I don't know. Do you ever just hire someone based on a portfolio? No, I haven't because... You know, I've heard some people who who I've thought would be perfect for the job, and after the audition, um, they're just not the right person. Um, whether they they haven't quite caught the the essence of the role, or their acting skills aren't quite up to it, um, I really need that audition to to be sure. Um, I would have wasted a lot of money if I'd have just just chosen people who sounded good from their from their snippets and their their demos. That's uh, and I think voice acting would probably be a weird uh, because your face doesn't matter. Like how good mm. looking you are matters yeah. not at all, and yeah. you're entirely, entirely judged by mm. your voice. Yeah, and in fact, I've never seen a photo of of the guy of Scott Gentle who did uh, the the voice. He was the main character in Replacements. I I, I don't know what he looks like. So. Do you want to? Uh, is it better? No, is it better to yeah. just know the voice Imagine. yeah maybe it is but he didn't have a, a profile pick or anything like that but you know, i didn't really care because he had an amazing voice so that was Perfect. all that really mattered to me yeah we when i ran an ad studio we actually we hired a guy who had uh some birth defects uh like his hands were minute and curled up and he didn't you wouldn't have guessed that he had the best sounding voice in the tri-state area and just (laughs) golden pipes and he would come in and it didn't matter what he looked like or what kind of reaction people would have to his physical appearance all that mattered was he sounded great and i think that's actually really freeing uh probably not for good looking people because (laughs) they want i mean if you grow up being recognized for your looks to hide that would probably feel weird yeah yeah but for people with better voices than looks, yeah, that's a cool industry. This episode of Systematic is brought to you by Symbolicons by Jory Raphael. If you like the art for Systematic for Overtired for all of our shows here at ESN, it is curated by this wonderful genius designer. In this emoji age of communication, we're getting more and more symbolic with the way that we're communicating, and Jory's Symbolicons icons are really cool. 
You should check them out at Symbolicons.com. And if you use the offer code ESN1, you'll get 40% off your choice of Icon Bundle sets. Check them out. There's definitely something that you can use. Let's do our uh, top three picks then. Okay. I will let you lead with your first pick. Okay. So my first one is it's on the writing side of things. So uh, this is a book by Rachel Aaron and it's called 2K to 10K. So it's about um, maximizing your productivity as, as a writer. So um, strangely enough, um, like it's only it's only a buck and it's it's quite a short read. You can read it in probably an hour. Um, but yeah, strangely enough, there wasn't a whole lot of new things that I learned from it. I think the main thing is that I it, it reinforced to me that I was doing the right thing. So I don't want to steal a thunder by by giving away all the tips. Just one, for example, was um, she suggested for writers to take five minutes at the start of a writing session to map out what you're writing, um, and she said that that maximised her productivity. And I was I was always I was already doing that um, in, in a way, but she took she's gone really scientific with it, and she's kept in a spreadsheet the location she was writing. Um, you know what time of day it was and recorded the word counts and she figured out where and when and what she was doing when she was writing the most and and she made it really scientific that way so there's there's lots of tips like that um and i think it's just a good it's a good way to start if, if you're just starting out with writing um to check that out it's a quick read and it'll it'll probably save you a lot of time down the track it sounds like if marco arment and dr drang got together to figure out where they write best that's how they would do it <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like hers was like in a cafe in the afternoon, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it was. I've heard that from so many people that like coffee house background thing helps them. Mm, Yeah. It might help me except for the whole thing that then I have to be around people. So they make (laughs) an app though. They they make an app that simulates a coffee house in your room. I haven't tried that. Well, that might be the way. Then you (laughs) you don't have to interact with anyone. I don't have to leave the house, but I get all the benefits. (laughs) <laughs> and I have better coffee than any of the coffee shops around here. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so 2K to 10K, I will link that. And mm-hmm. I just switched my first pick based on your first pick because um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about an app from a friend of mine called Word Counter. And mm-hmm. it's a Mac app that tracks your word counts in any application that you write in. Anything from like NVLT to Scrivener. And uh, it will track statistics for each one and then show you a graph every day of how much you wrote with breakdowns per app and uh and there are new features coming that will like provide advanced statistics all kinds of cool stuff and uh and basically if you if you get it now it is uh guaranteed to have free updates as these new new features come about so i'm really excited to see where it's going well that sounds pretty cool yeah all right. Maybe it should be a, a bundle with with Rachel's book. And sound like they could that would be really smart. Or she should at least should. mention it in the book, and then he could link. Yeah, that's right. We should get on it. <laughs> All right. So, what's your second pick? Uh, my second pick is Bandcamp. Um, so it's www.bandcamp.com, and uh, this site is pretty much, in my opinion, the best way for independent musicians to get their music on online at the moment. So. My music's available through iTunes and Amazon and, and all those places, but um, with the way the digital dis- distribution is set up, um, Amazon and iTunes set their own prices, um, and once I've submitted the music, I can't change or update anything, so it's very much out of my control. Uh, 
once it's submitted. But with Bandcamp, the artist has full full ability to control every aspect of of the, the distribution. So um, it's all streamable from Bandcamp. You can set it for free if you want. You can allow people to download it for nothing, or you can charge and payments go through PayPal. Um, if you've you know if there was an unfortunate event that you found there was some problem with the audio that you uploaded, you can re-upload a track. Um, yeah, it's just, it's brilliant. Um, you can upload your artwork and change that if necessary. You can give away extras on the album and yeah, it's, See, it's brilliant. That's cool just, right there. Yeah. And, and I sell my CDs through there as well. Um, so, and when you sell CDs, you have to manage the, you know, the, the mailing yourself. But, right. um, but yeah, the the uh, the consumers can pay you through there. So yeah, it, it's a brilliant site. I, I just love it. Yeah. Um, is there anything that competes with that? Um, there are some things. There's like reverbination and and a couple of things which I honestly haven't used. But um, Bandcamp seems to be the one that's doing it the best at the moment. So yeah, um, I mean, I bought I bought plenty of music from Bandcamp, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never really had the nice experience where I'm buying directly from the artist Mm -hmm. and everything goes smoothly i get the extras and i get i can get mp3s and then i can order a cd and i'm i feel like i'm actually supporting artists yeah and well yeah like the only thing that ever came close to that was really uh uh the the re kind of launch of myspace Mm -hmm. was a good it was a good platform for musicians but it didn't have all these features yeah, yeah, and the payments go straight through to the artist, so it's, you don't have to wait two months like with with Amazon as well. Um, the payments, the PayPal payment, just goes straight through the artist. So, um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. Nice. Well, I'm changing my pick again um, oh. based on yours, of course. You can't do that. I can do it. It's my podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Um, there's a uh, there's a guy he he edits audio for Five by Five and I used to work with him a lot uh, and uh, Aaron I don't know what else he does but he has a band called Not Half Bad and they are also on Bandcamp and if you like mm-hmm. kind of uh, poppy punk high energy melodic it's good stuff um, I'll, I'll just I'll link his band he's he I don't know I like the guy. And the band mm-hmm. is really good, so go support yeah. them. Cool. I'll check it out. I have short picks today. <laughs> of course, I have, I have two extra now, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is uh, it's probably an app that's familiar to a lot of guitarists out there. It's called Guitar Toolkit, um, and it's, it's just something that I find really convenient to have in my pocket at all times. It's just it's got a tuner on it and, you know, I'll say this with with absolute honesty. I'm very much a bedroom guitarist. I'm not um, any sort of virtuoso or, or especially skilled with guitar. So, um, yeah, it's not as if I can just pick tunings out of my head and that kind of thing. I, I need a tuner to tune my guitar, and so this is very handy. Um, I can check scales and, and chords and that kind of thing. Um, it has a metronome built into it, including a tap tempo, so that's that's great when I'm writing songs. I just start tapping out a tempo and, and uh, yeah, get into it so yeah it's just really really uh convenient to have so um yeah that's that's my third pick i I totally agree with that pick i've been a a big fan of i think that's made by agile partners isn't it um uh possibly yeah 
Let me, I, I got to confirm that before I do my next pick, which I just changed based on your pick. Yeah, it is. Agile <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they make some great stuff at one of my picks. One of my, my first pick was actually going to be amp kit from the same company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they made amp kit Mac too. Um, so yeah, I love pretty much everything they do. Did they do steady tune too? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that one. Um, I should just make them the pick. Yep, that was them. Okay, so <laughs> let's continue this conversation by making my third pick, Agile Partners, because mm-hmm. everything that I most love about making music on iPad and Mac has something to do with Agile Partners. Um, mm-hmm. Amplitude is great for guitar effects, and yep. I'm working with a new one right now, but AmpKit, especially on the Mac, is still my go-to Partly because as a reviewer, I got like full access to all the equipment that you have to buy extra, but yeah. also because it's got great features and great sound with a little tweaking in the right interface. You can, you have a whole like wall of amps mm-hmm. and then steady tune is an $8 Mac based, uh, guitar tuner that is extremely precise and can handle all kinds of non-typical, Stringed instruments and scales. It's very good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I just love um, being able to, like, I, I use uh, guitar rig and that as well. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just fantastic. Like, I've always dreamed of having a, you know, a Mesa boogie or whatever. And, yeah. But you've got you to turn them up to, to 10 to, to get the, you know, the full benefit out yeah. of them, that kind of thing. And, and you know, having this stuff. Just sitting here on the computer is, is amazing. So, what I would love is just a speaker cabinet big enough to, because right now when I use uh, Amp Kit on either my phone or my iPad or my computer, I'm using headphones, mm-hmm. and I don't. I have a small little practice amp, but it doesn't work very well with my computer. I need a cabinet that I can just plug straight from my computer into and just blare. Just make loud, yeah, that would be fun. Sometimes you just need that, don't you? You Oh, absolutely. Noise, yeah. What's the point of being guitar a guitarist if (laughs) if you don't cut loose with an electric guitar once in a while? (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Um, I also wanted to mention from Agile Partners, there's one called Tab Toolkit. Have you seen that? No. You have to go get that. Okay. Um, it it will read all the power tab and various tab guitar tab formats. Okay. And then it will show you on the screen, like the notes or the tab version. And there's a guitar neck at the bottom that mm-hmm. plays the tab as it goes. Like it nice. shows you red dots where your fingers should be. And yep. you can speed it up and slow it down. And it's, I've learned, it's the only reason I know half the solo from Crazy Train <laughs> is because of a tab toolkit. It's very oh, cool. Awesome. And, the intro guitar to one by Metallica on my acoustic. Yep. Thanks to tab yep. toolkit. Cool. Well, right. It sounds a bit like, um, my, my brother bought a guitar. This is way back when, but it was made by a local guy and he actually, uh, put LEDs in the fretboard and they'd light up where you're supposed to put your finger. Oh, wow. So, um, a training yeah, guitar. It's, yeah. It's a training guitar. So that's, yeah, it's, that's kind of like the, the evolution of that kind of idea, I guess. Yeah, that it's like um what's that game Guitar Hero? Does that mm. 
kind of yeah, well, yeah, i guess yeah. not the same though it's not on your guitar that's a really yeah, cool yeah. idea yeah send me yeah. one send me <laughs> well, a review think, unit yeah i don't think you use it anymore <laughs> so I'll, I'll package it up all right um so that is our half hour i'm i'm being told to reconsider this half hour format but i actually kind of like it yep, i feel like short it's, and sharp. yeah yeah it keeps me more energetic i want to get through more stuff faster um well, you know if we take the cricket view we could you know, <laughs> we could extend it a few days <laughs> all right that's a day we'll see you in the morning <laughs> um all right so you can be found at let's see we'll do this in order uh, you're at markrhealy.com, yep. and that's H-E-A-L-Y, and yep. you're on Bandcamp at hibernal.bandcamp.com, and yes. I recommend that everyone go check that out. It's really fun. And you also have a Facebook page for Hibernal at facebook.com slash hibernalband, yep. even though it's not a band. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's a play on words. Awesome. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh and is there anywhere else you want to be reached um no i think that that covers most of it you can you can email me at contact at markrhealy.com but um yeah that's that's most of the places especially if you're a voice actor looking for work send, right. send all your yeah. auditions to mark i'm always looking all right and i am brett terpstra i'm tt scuff everywhere and you can find me at brettterpstra.com and uh, also on the podcast Overtired on ESN uh, with Christina Warren, which has been a lot of fun and entirely random. And if you have a very short attention span and jump tracks all the time, you'll love it. Um, well, thanks for being here, Mark. Oh, no problem. I've loved it. I, uh, I, I hope to be in Australia someday. I will, I will look you up and... Uh, and I'll take you to a five-day game of cricket. No, you won't. Maybe 15 <laughs> minutes of a five-day game. but Okay. We're going to grab a hot dog and, and walk out. There you go. We'll, we'll have a beer while the cricket plays in the background. That's right. You can, can absorb, uh, absorb the experience. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again. And we'll talk to everybody in a week. Thanks for listening. November 27, I think it was last year. There's just this sideways hail, and oh, it was just it was smashing windows in our downtown district and um, you know, plate glass windows, and yeah, it's just ridiculous. And this is um, like a rainstorm or a hailstorm. It's, it's a hailstorm. Yeah, it was a, it's a storm that came up really quickly and kind of caught everyone by surprise. And yeah, there's hail, I, and all of our storms happen in peak hour on the drive home. So I was sitting in my car and. And my wife was calling me up saying, oh, I'm getting hail damage on my car. And I was like, oh, I think I'll be okay. You know, I had no justification for thinking that. I drive a freaking Kia. But, <laughs> you know, and, and turns out I did get hail damage as well. So, yeah, just about everyone has hail damage from that storm. So I, uh, I yeah. was driving through, I think it was Colorado or Montana. There was a hailstorm. And everyone immediately dove for cover under the bridges. So yeah. we got, we didn't have anywhere to go. So we decided to drive to the next town. And by the time we got there, our windshield had broken to the point where I was holding it away from <laughs> the driver with my feet from the chair. <laughs> like it was ready to fall in on us. That, oh, no. tu- that truck, when we got home, it was classified as totaled. Uh, oh, no. the, the insurance wouldn't even, it was like maybe a five-year-old car, but. Yeah. Wow, that is brutal.
Well, the funny thing happened, like, after I'd driven through this house, so I'm, like, I cooked dinner for my family, so I thought, I'm not going to cook a full dinner tonight. I'm just going to head into the grocery store and I'll grab something quick. So I, I drove in the underground car park and this is normally where you'd have, I don't know, it's not a it's not a busy shopping centre. It's maybe 15, 20 cars there. I drove in and there's like 150 cars in there and people stand around looking nervously. They'd all driven in to get away from the hail and I, I immediately thought of the zombie apocalypse, you know, to see all these people in a fallout shelter looking around nervously and stuff and it was really surreal. Like I've never seen anything like it. So, Wow. Awesome. That's uh, weather is crazy because it's like uh, I think we're all the way up to twenty degrees Fahrenheit today. Okay, right. You that's don't know what that's little, like, do you? So, I reckon that's pretty frosty. Actually, that's forty degrees warmer than it was last week. Oh, really? Yeah, it was negative twenty degrees last week, which at that point is about the same as negative twenty Celsius. So you can imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. We got down yeah. to negative fifty-four last winter. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. I don't know what hot summers are like, but I can tell you about brutal winters. <laughs> yeah. Well, here here it's been pushing 40 degrees all week, which is about 100 um, in Fahrenheit. So, God. And, and the humidity is the worst thing because it's just, it's like pea soup. It's like walking around in, in water. You just, everything's sweating. Yeah. We, I, we don't I've even been have... through some serious humidity. Minnesota gets humidity in the summer, like 98% mm. humidity. Yeah. So that I get. And Honestly, I would take cold over what you have right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. And it sounds funny coming from someone who lives in, in summer. It's basically subtropical, but I, I like winters more as well. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm stuck here. All right. Well, enjoy the uh, the air conditioning then. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll head to work. That's about the only good thing. It's, it's got air conditioning there. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks again and have a good day. Yeah, you too. Thanks.